Hello and welcome to the Passenger Podcast. So I wanted to talk about getting help. And before I do this, I wanted to first set the tone of what I'm thinking about and what led me to this point of yet again wanting to get help. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. I often feel like what I'm dealing with and my mental health has been a direct result of the lack of of solid friendships, um, family, etc. And I define that for the purpose of this conversation. I define it as feeling like I can talk to the people in my life about what I think. I I often feel like I'm on Facebook, literally and figuratively, I'm I'm speaking. I often feel like I'm on Facebook all the time. And I'm just the only acceptable posts are you know, going out post or out with friends post. Those are the only acceptable ones. If you talk about anything else, it's like, uh, you know, or you can post memes and, and make people laugh, but that's about it. But I don't have anybody like my podcast. As weird as it sounds. So as I go and I make these connections, quote unquote, talking to people online, um, signing up for Discord and Slack and just wanting the interaction, I'm in no way saying that it um, eliminates the need for professional help. That is an absolute, that, that would not be the case. What I'm saying is a lot of the issues that I've dealt with have been a direct result of having no one to talk to. And if I had someone that I trusted to talk to, I probably would have made different decisions. I probably would have done things differently. And that's the part that's frustrating is here I am. I'm really, I'm, I'm proud. I'm not going to say optimistic, but I'm proud that I'm at least moving the goalposts. I'm proud that I'm at least, even from lying in bed, listening to, you know, um, not positive affirmations like I had done in the past, but listening to things that build me up and uplift me in a different way, not just you're incredible, you're wonderful, go out and get them, not motivational stuff per se, but simply things that build and encourage me and and things that I have to look forward to. And that's all great, but they are simply people online. They're not the people that I interact with every day, the people that the people that I've grown up with, they're not those people. And yet, all those people want 
the the quote unquote people who should be close friends and etc. They just want the highlight reel. So what does that mean? It means that I fall into this gap of when I when I really need someone to be there. No one's there. The quote-unquote friends or family are only there for the highlight reel. So if I'm going through something, they're not there. And then the online people, they're not there to really be there for me. They're there for company. They're there for for other reasons, for views, for likes, etc. They're not providing actual um, love and care that I might be looking for. And which leads me to my next point. And this is simply an opinion. But as far as finding a therapist, as far as getting help, as far as doing all those things, which I have tried online and in person, as far as doing those things, they aren't as effective as maybe they might be because it works in a silo. And I guess what I, for example, it would be like if you get a a fitness trainer, a personal fitness trainer, and they're training you and you're lifting weights, etc. But you're doing all this in a smoke-filled, polluted room. And so they're showing you the right technique. They're doing all the right things. They're motivating you, etc. But because you're in a smoke-filled room, you're, you know, you're having trouble breathing. You're not exactly, you know, able to work at your fullest capacity. The family and friends thing is imperative and I'm not saying it has to be perfect because it never will be, but it's a huge component. It's a huge component. And one of the things that it's one of the things in those moments when I was seeking help, when I was doing what I considered to be the right thing, it was always that feeling of oh, this person is talking to me because I pay them to listen. It's always that feeling. It's always that feeling of I don't have anyone that cares about the results or or cares about my progress. Because the friends and family that I have, I don't talk to them about my struggles. So whether or not the therapy is beneficial or difficult or I don't have, I don't have people to talk to about it or work through it. Either I don't feel comfortable sharing it with them. Or I simply don't, um, or they don't have the time, or I just, I feel very unfulfilled in those moments. And then it becomes discouraging. 
to even do the therapy. Which leads me to my final um, point about all of this. And this may be a few minutes. It may be longer. But it's something that I have probably only mentioned once or twice. But not from the perspective I'm going to discuss it about this time around. There were episodes earlier in the year that I spoke about... I spoke about making that separation between depression and anxiety and quote-unquote other illnesses, other mental illnesses, and making that distinction of I'm not, at least I'm not them, or I'm not them, and making that distinction And I can blame the internet for what I'm about to say, but if this is what it takes to get me help, then fine. So be it. If it takes a scare tactic, fine. But it it made me think of things differently. In those previous episodes, I had spoken about making that distinction, how there's, you know, the normal mental illness, and then there's all that other crazy stuff. And it took me looking at random stuff online, like the typical WebMD style things where you're looking at symptoms. And I saw symptoms that I have definitely experienced either recently or in life or whether once or chronically. And I saw symptoms that were dead on for for mental illnesses that weren't depression or anxiety. I saw those symptoms or those behaviors fall into a category that I myself stigmatize as crazy. Even, you know, um, the anxiety, I'm trying to think of anxiety, depression, bipolar. These are the socially acceptable illnesses, if that makes any sense. And, And I shouldn't even say socially acceptable. They still have, they still have a stigma for sure. But the terms have become socially acceptable, if that makes sense. It's very um, common for people to say, oh my God, my anxiety is through the roof. That language is, is more common, I should say. Not necessarily the behaviors associated with it or what it takes to get it under control. But the language is at least become commonplace for better or worse. But... All of that other stuff, the endless amount of other uh, issues that can occur, not so much. And so it was, you know, this is quote unquote, the internet where everything's cancer, everything's, you know, you're going to die. But seeing my symptoms in a category that I 
don't associate them with or don't think of as that's that really stuck out to me and the reason it stuck out is because I had to face the reality that number one that is why professionals exist to help make those categories to help um, assess you properly and I say that because I own anxiety and depression because I see them as normal. I see them as normal facets of life and I just happen to have a worse version of it. But nonetheless, those are my self-declarations. Aside from a time and an impatient stay which I speak about in episodes called why I won't get help or, but aside from that particular moment when I was clinically diagnosed with um, major depressive disorder, aside from that moment, those few days, no one else has made that distinction. And keep in mind that was several years ago. So I say this all to say Get help means a lot to me in that it helps to be able to put a name to something and being so, being so fearful of what that name may be, I say to myself, well, I'm just going to take the two that I'm most comfortable with. Oh, I, you know, anxiety. Perfect. I, you know, I hate going outside and, um, et cetera, or yeah, depression. Yeah. People get depressed all the time, right? I I'm feeling down. So I'm depressed. It was in that moment when I saw some of the more, uh, deeper symptoms listed in categories that I didn't associate them with. It was a reminder that I needed professional help to get that, to be able to address it properly. Second part of that, the second part of that is some of the things on that list, you know, or however it was categorized. They weren't things that I could change. And it took everything out of me to not allow that to bother me. Once again, I'm just basing it on something I saw online. But if if that's what it takes to wake me up, so be it. But it took seeing that because when I think of anxiety and depression I still have this sense of this is what I have to do to help it improve and once I once I get to that point and once I do those things 
things will somehow be better. Once I... Once I finally get in the habit of exercising daily, once I, you know, stop eating junk food and eat better, once I finally take in all those positive affirmations, I'll see the changes. The problem with that is if there are underlying issues... Those changes don't last. And the exhaustion, as I've alluded to, including in one episode that lasted, i that was actually the day, this was a few weeks ago, but that was the day I learned that, um, I learned that episodes on this can only be up to 59 minutes because I had gotten cut off and I ended up deleting the episode completely. I've actually been using, I love to say that I've been using Anchor since the beginning when episodes could only be five minutes, if you can believe that. But anyway, um, it's one of those things where I have to say to myself, this is something deeper. And if it took a silly WebMD quiz, you know, are you crazy? Check yes or no. If it took that to come to that realization I'll take it I'll take it because the exhaustion that I feel constantly I I literally can't leave um well I don't leave the house any <laughs> so that's a bad example I can't operate if I need to be up just for the sake of being up which has been the case I have to drink black coffee, instant coffee, just to have enough energy to do nothing. That's how bad it is. And so if I'm, I thought getting to this point Things in itself would improve. I'm at a point where I want more and I'm doing more. I'm not in this, I'm not at that point where, when I get to the why bother phase, which occurs every now and then, it's only because I've become so exhausted. And so, to be at a point where I'm actually wanting more, yet not having the energy or the, I I don't even want to drink, jinx it with my poor car, but it's like I'm turning the key and the car's not starting. And before... I didn't even care to turn the key. I didn't even get in the car. I didn't even care to drive. I didn't. I know what that feels like. But now. And I've. (laughs) 
I've been in this moment, which is why I know this so well. But now, I have the key in the ignition. And I'm turning, and I'm Googling how to turn, how to, you know, how many times to turn the, the key, and I'm doing all of that. And I'm literally turning until my hands are sore. I've been there. I've I've had to take an oven mitt just because my hand was so sore at that point. I've had to take an oven mitt and to help me turn it and do the turning motion. And I'm turning and turning and I you know see the dashboard lights pop up and I'm turning and turning and turning. And I've talked about this in other episodes as well, my my previous car issues. So it's funny that I even bring this, it's funny that I even bring this up right now. My car and I have a lot in common. It's like I'm um, turning that key. It's such a um it's such a good feeling to not have to will myself to want to turn the key. But for so long I worked so hard to get to this point I thought that was all I had to do and now to turn the key and for the car not to start it's frustrating and so Just like my car, (laughs) you know, calling roadside, getting a jump, I know all about that, all about that. Sometimes, several times in, in a month, having to call someone and get a jump, running out of, um jumps or roadside I know how I know what it's like to even um I added something additional just so that I could have access to more roadside I didn't even need the actual service that I purchased I just got it just to get extra roadsides it's frustrating and so when I think of those small little jump starts that I would give my car. That's often how therapy feels. That's often how a lot of things in my life feel. They feel like little jump starts. And just like my car, that 
became so tiresome and I, I was at the point where I was ready to sell it. It impacted my day. Um, things just got progressively worse. It was a lot. It was a lot. And ultimately, and I mentioned this in those car episodes, but ultimately it ended up being a Bluetooth issue and the car was draining. Even when it was off, it was draining, which caused the, it was, it was draining the battery because the Bluetooth always stayed on. Even when the car was off. It took a mechanic going in, taking out that physically detaching or taking out that Bluetooth feature. It took that to finally see any kind of progress and to see it improve. And so as I talk about this, I think about myself. And as I looked at my car ready to sell it because it had become so problematic and it was becoming too much. That was, wow, it's it's crazy to even say that was a year and a half ago. And anything that I would have done up until that point, Anything that I would have done would not have worked because the root issue, that Bluetooth, wouldn't have been fixed. I could have replaced the starter, as a lot of people had suggested. I could have replaced the battery, which I did four times. And it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. And so when I talk about getting help, whether or not friends and family are on board is null and void. The reality is this has crippled my life and while these small changes really make a difference, they have. The getting help piece is going to look a little bit different as I really take a dip, deep look at the symptoms that I've experienced. And it's scary. It's very scary to... to 
Um, I'll, I'll probably, I like writing lists, so I'll probably end up writing them down. But it's scary looking at things that I'm experiencing, the thoughts, the behaviors, and it's, and it's scary to have to put them in another category that I'm not as comfortable with, that I don't have a name association with. And so I will discuss and continue to make this a place to share. I will discuss that process. So this isn't a matter, just to kind of sum this all up, it's not a matter of if I will get help at this point. I'm... I'm under the understanding that I need help. And it's just a matter of finding the means and coming up with a plan. But unlike previously, it's not a... I don't know how to... I don't know the best way to explain it. It's not a I'll get around to it. It's something that I am looking to address as soon as possible. I want to continue this journey called life. I just don't want it to be the way that it's always been. And so it's going to take... It's going to take a little bit more... And it's going to take me going down some roads that I may, may not be comfortable with. And as I think about why I'm not comfortable with it. It goes back to friends and family. I can talk about from a health standpoint. That scares me. You know, um, what will this mean for the person that I've always been? In the case that it requires medication, what will that look like? Those are questions that I have. But more so, it's really the only barrier that I struggle to overcome is friends and family. It's not even if, you know, it's not, it's a conversation I clearly am fine with having on a podcast, on social media, given, you know, I'm not sharing my, you know, personal details, like who, who I am, but I'm at least comfortable sharing it. But it's that worry that, Friends and family won't be able to see me the way that I want them to see me. And that is a loaded statement in itself because part of the way that they see me is see me is contrived anyway. But am I okay with them seeing me as someone who has to take her meds? Am I comfortable with being that person that's 
thrown crazy jokes. That's the part that I have to assess. And I will. But other than that, other than that, um, that is all I will say, actually. I'll, that's, that's where I'll leave it. As always, thank you for listening.